Hello, and welcome to another episode of All of Them Witches. I'm your host, Marcus, here to chat about horror movies. Since the last episode, I actually got a recommendation, my first recommendation for a movie to watch. So, awesome. And that recommendation was Green Room from 2015, which I had actually been wanting to see for a couple years now, probably since it came out. Uh, but I just never got around to it. And I decided, okay, well, since I got the recommendation, I might as well do it. Before I get into the movie itself, I'm going to just go over some of the stuff I've watched since uh, Blood Games. I checked out Knives Out. I actually did that on a stream, a uh, Twitch stream. Their watch party thing because I got a you know 30-day trial to Amazon Prime. I do not intend to keep it. I really don't feel like I use Amazon enough for that. But the watch party concept is a fun idea. I have no idea if I did it right. I have no idea if anyone would ever watch what I watch because usually I'm watching uh, things that are not super popular. Uh, Knives Out would probably be the most popular thing I would ever watch. Uh, but anyway, if I do keep uh, get Amazon Prime at some point in the future, it will probably be because of the watch party function more than anything else. But I'm, I don't have it right now. I don't really plan to keep it uh, or get it back. So we'll see. I also watched uh, kind of half-watched Slumber Party Massacre 2. I've seen before. I don't remember it being as damn funny as it was. Uh, watching it now, seeing a girl get attacked by a frozen chicken from the fridge. Great. Um, after that, I watched Victor Crowley, which was on Joe Bob Briggs' show on Shudder. Uh, it was all right. I honestly don't remember very much about it at all. So maybe that means it's not all right. I don't know. But I don't remember anything about it, really. So, oops. I also randomly watched a TV movie making of a male model because I saw this picture which had like Joan Collins surrounded by a bunch of muscular shirtless men and I was like okay I'm intrigued and so I watched it it wasn't that interesting sort of just a toned down TV version nice uh, thing instead of like Midnight Cowboy or something just a friendlier obviously TV friendly one it was fine the guys were good looking not some of them are not super hot amazing like you might think for a male model but anyway it is what it was i thought the movie was fine and i saw that on youtube because that's the only place i could find it aside from a random place that sells um homemade dvds which i may at some point order from like i've come to their website many times before trying to catch a weird tv movie but i didn't feel like buying it before knowing if it was any good and I watched Hello, Mary Lou, Prom Night 2 with a friend. That was good. I hadn't seen that movie in a while. But then, like, out of nowhere, not just one, I think, but two podcasts were talking about it. And I was like, what is going on? Like, what? What? And I guess, um, from what I remember, I think both, both of the podcasts are LGBTQ podcasts. And they were talking about, like, the extreme queerness of the film. And I, you know, whenever I watched that the first time, I don't think I necessarily felt that at like 19 or whatever. So watching again, I definitely kind of got where they were coming from a lot more. I really love Mary Lou. She is great. I wish she's in it more. Uh, if you've never seen Prom Night 2, you should watch it. Technically, Prom Night 1 and Prom Night 2 have nothing to do with each other. They just have to do with schools and proms. So you could easily watch two without ever watching one. Hopefully you have watched one because it's got Jamie Lee Curtis 
in it and a really good soundtrack. Like I love the Prom Night soundtrack. One little aside here, the soundtrack is finally available to purchase like on DVD when for years has not been available since like a like a Japanese pressing years ago. So definitely get that if you love Prom Night. But anyway, uh, after that, I watched The Atomic Cafe, which is kind of a documentary on like nuclear war and how America deals with that, the damage that they cause to other people, and how kind of silly and worthless the whole idea of, you know, hiding or dropping and covering or making a bunker are upon reflection. So pretty interesting, dark, of course. Uh, thing to watch, but whatever. I also watched a, a doc on Shutter, or at least part of it, because it's like over four hours long, which was called In Search of Darkness. And they say like it's about an exploration of horror and its, you know, impact. I don't really feel like it's that at all. Really, it's just an excuse for people to talk about a bunch of 80s horror movies and lovingly, which is totally fine by me. I, you know, have no problem with that, even if they're not really digging deeper into the meaning of, uh, you know, different types of horror and whatnot. I don't care. It's fun. 80s horror movies are fun. So it's pretty great. And I put some, I want to make a list because I couldn't find a list of every movie that was talked about in the, in it online, which is kind of weird to me. So I might end up making my own list just because I want to make sure I've seen everything. There's a couple I haven't. Um, like, what's that David Bowie horror movie? Oh, I can't remember. It's vampires. But anyway, there are a lot of movies I still need to watch. And I may watch some that were recommended or talked about in that film. So anyway, let us get back to Green Room, which in the simplest terms is a movie about a punk band being assailed by, you know, neo-Nazis in a bar. So, very simple concept. And it could be either very wacky and funny, or it could be very dark and grim. And this movie definitely goes into dark, grim territory. So, let's have a trailer and then talk about it. All right, I can get you guys a solid gig. Matinee tomorrow, doors at one, you guys are on a three. Gentlemen. You're trapped. Things have gone south. It won't end well. You can't keep us here, man. You gotta let us go. We're not keeping you. You're just staying. Shoot who is left. Let him bleed. Get ready to run. Here we go. Careful now. All right, so at the beginning, we're introduced to our punk band. 
this group of folks who are, you know, they are a total indie band in the sense that they don't really have money. They are stealing gas to fill up their van. They're just trying to get wherever they can. They're going to meet this punk fellow and do an interview with him and have a show. Unfortunately, he reveals once they've got there after driving like 90 miles out of their way for this gig that, oops, it's not happening after all. While you couldn't tell them ahead of time, like tell them, call them, it's modern day, I don't know. But anyway, they're pissed, but the guy says, hey, it's a, all right, like I can get you another gig with my cousin. And so they go there and it is a total skinhead bar, neo-Nazi place. But the band is like, money is money, right? And they're going to get some good cash from it. So they might as well just perform and have a little bit of fun with it. Because the first song they play for the skinhead, you know, bar area is Nazi Punk's Fuck Off. And that is upsetting them quite clearly. Some folks leave, but others stay. And once they get into the rest of their songs, it seems the crowd is just having a ball. They are loving the music. So, fine. After the show, because they were not the headliners, actually, uh, our group is going to leave. And, you know, someone forgot their phone. So, like, okay, I'll, I'll go get it. And fortunately, one of the bandmates who goes back to get the phone stumbles in on a murder scene, which is where it appears some of the other band people or whoever, uh, the skinhead folks, have just killed someone. Like someone is in the, on the ground with a knife sticking out of their head. Yes, they're dead. So, of course, the bandmate freaks out, but it doesn't matter because, you know, this is not something you're supposed to see. Uh, basically, everything gets really hectic, and the people who work for this bar uh, force all of the punk band folks to stay in the room with the dead body and with the other people, including, obviously, the murderer. So, it's a really tense scene. Everyone's flipping out. Um, one of the band members is able to make a call to 911 and say there was a stabbing, at least, before they get cut off. So, the, one of the Nazi folks picks it up and continues to say, yeah, that someone, there was a stabbing. Okay. Of course, these skinheads being so, I don't know, imaginative, have some people actually get stabbed, specifically so when the police or ambulance or whoever arrives, they will have a stabbing to show for it, instead of them, like, searching and finding the actual dead person. So, wow. That was the first time, like, okay, this is going to be really interesting it's not going to be easy for our uh, punk band to get out. But mostly the other folks that were in the room get to be taken out, except for sort of one of the, like a guard skinhead and a woman who was in there who seemed really upset about the death of the woman on the ground who's dead. So they're in there. And then, of course, the whole band is in this room, this small sort of room, like a, not a waiting room, but, you know, just where people are hanging out before they go on stage type of room. And we can tell, like, the skinheads are trying to come up with some sort of plan to fix the problem, i.e. to get rid of these folks, the punk band, by killing them effectively. Obviously, they're not just going to let them go, because why would they? So we're waiting for this guy called Darcy to arrive. He finally shows up. He owns the whole place. And he's got a real sm way of smooth talking to try to talk through the door to tell the punk band who just 
you know, hey guys, come out, you know, we'll be fine, we'll get the police. Of course, the punk band is like, no shit, we're not doing that. We are going to stay in this room until the police actually come. And, you know, this kind of goes for a while. Um, they do, like, get to stop the guard. They get to make him listen to them because they get a hold of his gun. And I think the bullets as well, I don't remember. But, so they're kind of seeming in control in that room. And Darcy on the outside is trying to act like everything's going to be all right. Even though we, the viewer, know that he's setting up all kinds of plans and schemes to kill them. Darcy changes things up once he's finally like, okay, well, I could just tell the police when they get here that you guys came into town and killed the woman and are now in my room with a hostage and, you know, would be fully within my rights to shoot you guys or do something. So, like, flipping the tables and then it would become like a he said, she said thing. So they decide, fine, okay, we'll give you the gun even though the police are not here, even though you won't give us a cell phone. To do anything, fine, we'll give you the gun. Unfortunately, this is a bad move because as soon as the one guy uh, goes to get the gun through the door, his arm gets slashed the hell up. At first, I saw I just saw like giant slash marks on sort of the arm. And it was like, that sucks real bad. And he was like crying. And I'm like, I don't know. I guess, yes, it's going to hurt really bad. But would you necessarily be crying or would you be screaming or what would be happening? But then I saw his wrist was cut so intensely that his hand is sort of flopping around almost like it would almost fall off. And I was like, oh, shit. That is serious. That is not a little scratch. That is not even a deep scratch. That is a, you basically need to go to the hospital right away or your hand is just going to be gone type of thing. So that was super nasty. And I was like, okay, okay, okay. This is going to be a little bit like gorier than I thought it was going to be. It's going to be a little more serious than I thought it was going to be. I mean, it was already serious, but in that way that people are going to die kind of way. So in this mess, the team, like, realizes there's, like, they cut through, like, the ground, the floor, and there's, like, a basement underneath so they can go down there, but there's no way out. Even though they're trying to find some damn way out, there's no way out. Clearly, things are not going well for them. They finally try to exit the room, and there's nobody out there, so they're like, okay, well, maybe we can escape. But no, of course, you know, people have already been planning for this. There are, like, Nazis around at, like, every window for waiting for people to come out. And they also have dogs, attack dogs. The attack dogs, of course, have no qualms about killing people, biting them, you know, slashing up their neck, etc. That's what happens to some of our folks get attacked by dogs. It's gnarly, especially because one of the people who is severely attacked by a dog isn't dead. I'm like, oh dear, that's not good for them. Um, but after all this, you know, someone gets killed and they try to get out of the window, and then the dog person who's basically dead, there are only three folks left, including the one girl who was there to begin with, who was, like, part of the skinhead group or whatever. And they return to the room, and it's like, okay, what can we still do here? They're trying to come up with something. Darcy sends them two guys to finish the job off, and when they get there... It appears that one of the men had a relationship with the dead woman. And it seems that 
there was some sort of relationship drama going on, which is what caused someone to kill her, which is ridiculous, but I know it happens. So it's just unfortunate. And that is enough to convince one of the Nazi team guys to help. But this help is extremely short-lived because he gets shot in the head almost immediately. So whoops, too bad, so sad, he's gone. And I believe on this route, someone else is killed by a dog. Uh, I don't remember, but it's like a blur. There was like two people left. The woman who was part of the skinhead group and our guy who had been like slashed in the arm to all hell. And he tells his riveting story about how people that he knew beat some ex-Marines at paintball when they just like stopped caring and just went nuts, basically. So that's what they decide to do. Go like all guerrilla warfare on the skinheads. And it works. They are able to kill off people one by one who are coming in. And that's great. And this continues. Their like ability to fight continues. They go through, you know, go to where skinheads are trying to set up a scene that makes it look like they killed themselves basically and they managed to kill everyone including darcy who is very hardy because first he gets shot in the back and he keeps walking i was like well maybe he's got like a bulletproof vest on or something then they shoot him in the legs he falls down but he's he you know he's still moving and then they shoot him in the head and he's still alive conscious shoots his gun and then like dies and, like dang that guy was just strong um but he goes out and then we've got our two folks left who are just kind of together and i guess ready to deal with <laughs> whatever's going to come next so as a whole i found the movie pretty riveting you know i wasn't sure what to expect honestly when i am interested in seeing a movie it's usually because people say like oh it sounds it's pretty good or whatever and sometimes i know a little bit about them beforehand I actually didn't know all that much aside from like what I was given a little brief description on. So, and I knew that like Patrick Stewart was in it before because it's like he's on the promo material. But other than that, I didn't actually know that much. I didn't know what the hell a green room meant, if anything. Um, and I didn't know what the cover was depicting of like someone like slashing down a machete and what that was about fully. But I was very much glued to my seat for this movie. It's very serious and grim, obviously. It's not, you know, surf till zombies must die or something. So, again, that's one way to take films when you have, like, a Nazi element. Um, either that serious or over-the-top camp. So, I guess I appreciate that they took it serious instead of camp. Because I've seen so much Nazi camp. And it's not my favorite thing. Especially, you know, in the world that we live in. Uh, <laughs> to be fair... There, I mean, you know, people now probably are more aware of sort of an alt-right or skinhead or white-focused stuff in the world right now. I would say there's always been an element of that. You know, even after World War II, there has been an element of that in California, especially in Orange County. There are certain areas where um, there are definitely skinheads, and there have been for 20, 30 years, longer. I don't know. I haven't been along uh, alive forever, but they've been around. And so for me, I don't really find it all that funny. That's why I don't usually like the camp stuff. Um, but as far as this movie, I thought I was pleasantly surprised by it. Um, I didn't expect 
you know, to like the punk band, but I did kind of like them, unfortunately. And that made it sad because they all die so like quickly for the most part, except for Mr. Like Hand, who's fallen off guy. Um, you know, it, it is what it is, but I like that band. I like their songs that they were playing. Um, apparently some of these, the folks in the, the, in the band actually all played the instruments for the movie, even if it wasn't like the exact play session that was recorded that you're hearing in the movie. Um, some of the folks already played instruments and the other ones like learned how to play, play drums and stuff. So that's pretty cool. You know, I appreciate that when it's, they're actually doing something rather than, you know, faking it. So that was cool. I did quite like sort of the climax where we've just got a two person team taking out all of these people. It was very stressful because you're like, oh, is one of them going to die? Is it going to be, you know, like a final girl, final girl or final boy situation going to happen here where there's only one of them left in the end? But they both made it, which was good. I, I prefer that to an ending where the skinheads win. <laughs> but I mean, it's not like they took out every single skinhead. They only took out the ones that were there still. Obviously, there was a whole group of them. So who can say? I thought it was an interesting concept for a movie as well, like, where it's just this band trying to make money who gets caught up in this really screwed up situation. I like that story concept a lot. The only problem I had, and this is not the movie's fault, but when I looked up online or somewhere on some database, it said that this movie was horror, thrill. the genres were horror, thriller, and music. And I was like, music? Because I didn't know about the punk band element. Music? Is it a musical? Of course it was not. I want more horror musicals in my life. By the way, they are not enough. Give me more of them, please and thank you. But anyway, that was a negative for me. He was just thinking I wasn't sure if I was going to get a musical. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure I wasn't going to, but I had a slight hope because of those stupid tags. Either way, um... In regards to Green Room, I would recommend it if you're okay with a dark film and seeing gore, obviously. Like I've mentioned, there's some pretty gory elements in there. And you're not, like, too upset right now to watch a movie with punk band versus Nazis? I don't know. I don't know. But <laughs> I thought it was pretty good. It reminded me slightly about, like, Assault in Precinct 13 or whatever from John Carpenter. Just any type of movie where you've got folks that are stuck in one small like place and fighting to survive or get out. I like that, you know? So maybe that's why it worked or worked with me. Anyway, that was what I watched. And uh, I don't know yet what I'll be watching next. I'm kind of in the mood to watch other like A24 published movies because there's actually a lot of them I've never seen. Again, because I haven't watched a lot of modern horror movies as much as I should have, probably. So maybe I'll have like an A24 marathon. I don't know. Doesn't mean I'll review them all or talk about them on the podcast, but that may be what I'm doing next. Or maybe I'll try to finish that Shudder documentary. I don't know. There are so many movies. There's so many films. I have no idea what I'm going to do. But thank you for listening to this episode of All of the Witches. Um, if you would like to recommend a movie to me, you can do so by messaging me like on Twitter or something. On Twitter, you can reach me at 
Marcus Boy spelled M-A-R-C-U-S-B-O-I. And yeah, that's an I at the end. And that is it. Thank you once again for listening. And we'll be back in two weeks.